We are so glad to have you here for another episode of the All Things ADHD podcast. We're your hosts, Alyssa and Samantha, also known as Allie and Sam. I'm Sam. This podcast was created with the ADHD brain in mind. We have fun and engaging discussions on serious topics that affect you. Hey, it's Alyssa here. You're in luck and also in good company because both of us have ADHD. Not only do we have ADHD, but we're also ADHD coaches. Sam and I are real-life friends who met in our ADHD coach training course. We basically live, eat, breathe, and sleep ADHD. And now, for this episode of the All Things ADHD podcast... everyone. Today we want to talk about the importance of intentional laziness. So Alyssa and I wanted to talk about this today because as ADHD coaches, we've both experienced many of our clients referring to themselves as lazy. Yeah. And even if I think back to myself before I was diagnosed with ADHD and had an explanation, I thought I was lazy. And the days where I didn't get my to-dos done or I didn't feel like I accomplished anything, it was, you know, oh, I'm lazy. And that doesn't feel so good. Yeah, agreed. And I know um, that for some of my clients, they've said that, you know, their parents called them lazy when they were in school or their their teachers called them lazy. Um, And that this is something that's really stuck with them. And it's interesting how much that seems to correlate with ADHD and people's experience of how people thought of them before they knew that's what was going on before they realized they had ADHD. Yeah. And then it becomes their own narrative. Right. And then they start calling themselves lazy. Um, Yeah. Like every time I hear one of my clients call themselves lazy, I feel like this pain go through my body. It's like, ah, yeah, you're calling yourself lazy. And um, you know, it makes me, get really curious like what's really going going on underneath that and that's what we want to talk to you guys about today uh Alyssa I think there's something else you wanted to say before we start (laughs) if I'm not mistaken oh yes yes I want to challenge every one of you this week to pay attention to how many times you call yourself lazy And, you know, maybe while you listen to our podcast episode, you can start to think about where your laziness, quotations, laziness, shows up. I love that challenge. Thanks, Alyssa. Yeah. Um, So for those of you who are wondering what is their point going to be today on this podcast, the too long didn't read version (laughs) of what we're going to say is that... It's essential, especially when you have ADHD, to schedule time and space in your day and or week for laziness, quote unquote, laziness. And you heard her correctly. Scheduled time for laziness. Shocking. Yeah. What? (laughs) Scheduling time to be lazy? What's that all about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when we were preparing to do this podcast, we We've talked about this topic a lot before this recording. Imagine that. Um, I looked up the definition of lazy. I just Googled it 
Um, and the first thing that came up <clears throat> was unwilling to work or use energy, showing lack of effort or care. There are some synonyms that came up as well, which is idle, indolent, slothful, and quote unquote work shy, which um, for some reason I really love saying that word. It feels very old timey. Um, <laughs> And like, to be honest, when I hear you say those words, I don't even know what any of them mean. <laughs> I'd have to go look up what each one of those words meant. Except for work shy. I kind of get that one, but right. Yeah. Why would we want to schedule time to be lazy, Alyssa? What's the point of that? Well, so what we were talking about the other day was that we want to schedule time to be lazy because our bodies are craving it. We live in the society where you know, we're expected to be on 24-7. We're supposed to be productive, productive, productive. We're supposed to be doing, doing, doing. And our brains and our bodies need that time to just chill and to just process and to just be. And yeah, we're craving that. We need that. And that's why I think that we need to be lazy. Um, and also, I just want to say that... Uh like unstructured time, scheduling unstructured time, which can make us appear to be lazy, like because of that lack of structure, can help fulfill our need, our craving, as you say, for time and space, for rest and um, like regenerative time. And also it, uh, it's space for our creative process. Yeah. And yeah like you know that time like you when you jump in the shower and you lose track of time and then you come up with like a million awesome ideas um and inspiration just strikes in that yeah moment. yeah you give like half an hour in the shower <laughs> yeah no exactly and you like you 30 minutes in the shower which is technically a long time in the shower but it's just like you know that thinking time that free unstructured time to just process and to use that creative brain of ours um so could you imagine if we gave ourselves that you know 30 minute blocks just randomly in the day yeah that and, sounds amazing yeah and like i i think that the key too is that we're alone sometimes most of the time we're alone <laughs> in the shower yeah um so we really have that like uninterrupted and i think that's the other you know, that unstructured time is like mm -hmm. the key part, but the other key part, like it's unstructured, it's cousin, is that uninterrupted time, that the key is uninterrupted. We know that nobody's, well, most of the time we know that no one's going to, nobody's going to interrupt us. Mm, yeah, so we're free to like follow our own process and lines of thought in those moments. Yeah, um, exactly. So... I just want to talk a little bit about like what what happens when we don't acknowledge our need for that unstructured time and when we don't recognize it as valid um, so that happens uh, when that happens rather we schedule our days to be maximally productive uh, yeah. so we'll just be going from one appointment to the next to the next to the next and uh, without adequate breaks or transition time or anything like that and you know i think this is kind of, this this seems to be coming up more and more as a concern now but i think there's this glorification of, of busy right oh and yeah so absolutely. Busy. i'm so exhausted i've worked 
12 hour days for the last two weeks, et cetera. Um, and people are impressed by that. Yeah. It reminds me of that like proud feeling like, Hey, how many hours did you work today? I worked 12. And it's like, Oh yeah, well I worked 13 and I didn't get to do anything that I wanted to do. I had to order takeout. I didn't get to go to the gym. I didn't get to see any of my friends or my family. And it's just like, yeah, what? Like, why are Wait, we Wait, Lisa, have you had this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never had that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Just now it's like, kind of just take a step back and be like, why are we proud of this? Mm, is this really a life worth living? Right yeah, now? yeah. Um, so when we do have days like that, or that is how we are, we're generally operating is in this like busy, busy, busy mode. Then our need for unstructured time and laziness, quote unquote, um, doesn't get met. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that our brains are going to subconsciously search for ways to get that time to um, process and kind of percolate in our creative uh, in our creative process. And that means that we're not going to have so much control over when our brains go into this mode. Um, if we are not consciously and intentionally finding a way to meet our need for that unstructured time. Yeah. So like, so Sam, what, what would that look like if we're, our brains like searching for the unstructured time? Well, like the shower thing that you mentioned earlier, um, right, right. I hear a lot of people with ADHD be like, Oh, you know, I space out in the shower. I don't even know what I do in there. Or people wonder, <laughs> people wonder what I do in there for half an hour. Um, and, you know, uh, daydreaming, staring out the window, um, lost in thought. And, or we space out when someone's talking to us or during a lecture or whatever. Um, mm. Those are kind of all signs or signals uh, to our conscious selves that our brain has this need and it's like, subconsciously finding or unconsciously even finding a way for that need to be met. Um, And it will happen at times that are kind of inopportune, like, oh, I'm in this lecture and I'm meant to be learning about this very important mathematical concept and I am not engaged because my brain's like, haha, I'm going to get this need met somehow and you don't have any, you're not the boss of me. Um, or you're not taking good care of me as my boss. And so I'm going to, like this part of my brain is just going to take over and make me space out for 10 minutes or something. And then we sort of come back to consciousness in a lecture and we're like, wait, what? I missed all this stuff. All this Not that I've ever done that in a mathematics lecture. I have done a (laughs) statistics lecture many times. (laughs) Yeah, I think that we can all relate to that. Like all of a sudden you just realize that you're staring at the back of the person in front of you's head and you're like, wait, okay, um, what did I just miss? It probably was really important or like everybody around you is moving. And you're like, wait, right, what you're are like, they doing? <laughs> they're in action. I should be in action. What is, what's going on? Yeah. Right. Or there, this has happened to me so many times where I'll, like I've been on a bus and I'll be like just spacing out or whatever. And then everyone will get off the bus and I'm like, wait, I'm not supposed to like, no one's supposed to be getting off this bus at this point, but they've made an announcement about. Like, <laughs> We're taking a break. Everyone yeah. Go get snacks, use the bathroom. <laughs> right? You're like, where or, are we? <laughs> or like this bus is on a detour or this bus 
has having a mechanical issue and you've got to go get on the other bus. And yeah. And then I like, I come back to consciousness and I'm like, Oh, I missed something important. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So this unstructured time sounds boring. What could we do about that? Mm. Um, it does sound boring, doesn't it? And I think that that's one of the reasons people with ADHD tend to, or often, schedule ourselves way too heavily. Um, I know that for me, that's a big issue or has been a big issue in the past before I like recognize this valid need of mine. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, basically, like, if you intentionally plan to have unstructured time, it doesn't mean that you don't and you're not like engaged in something necessarily. It doesn't mean that you're doing nothing um, or thinking about like that you're expected to like think of nothing. Um, but for example, um, unstructured time could mean going for a hike or something, doing something that you find really otherwise enjoyable to do with your body. And while you're hiking, you might be really engaged in percolating. Sorry, I love that word. Um, <laughs> you might be thinking about, oh, um, tomorrow during the time I've scheduled to write, uh, like I have all, I'm now having all these ideas for my character or this other character or the way the, the story I'm writing could go. Um, and you're not necessarily like, your brain's going to be under too much pressure when you sit down tomorrow to write to come up with these ideas. But when you're hiking and doing something enjoyable, um, then your brain is under less pressure. So you can like, you're more able to engage in that creative process. So like what I kind of picture is the unstructured time is like less stimulating. So like, let's say like we put our phones away, we put our laptops away and we focus on a single task. So like in the shower, we're washing our hair and our bodies. Hiking, we are walking the path. Maybe there's gonna be some birds and some nature, but it's not like we choose to take that in or not. You know, we choose to take in the, the birds or the, the, you know, the tree that we see, or we could focus on the dirt if we want to as we're walking forward. It's like almost like we have a choice. But when we're, you know, sitting in front of the TV or we're sitting in front of the computer or we have our phones binging at us. It's, it's like, it's very stimulating. We have things coming from all sides and yeah, kind of what's ringing true to me is like the choice piece. And mm -hmm. I know we hadn't talked about that. So I'm kind of curious what you think. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting me a look right now. Like, Oh yeah, we just talked about that. Didn't we? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it, I think it's part of the like in, intentional time and by intentional I don't mean like oh I'm deciding to do this but like my intention for this time is this mm -hmm. um, and like I think that's really key so yeah I think what you said is oh that sounds that unstructured time sounds not as like stimulating so with a hype I mean, you could say that you could say that it's not as stimulating. I mean, there's not like if you don't have your phone out, mm -hmm. um, you're not necessarily taking in or having to deal with a lot of communication from other people. Um, you are in that like present 
moment, looking around, making sure you don't trip, basically. Mm. Um, so yeah, like your, your brain could be in the mode of, okay, let's just make sure you don't trip. Or your brain could be in the mode of, if you choose, um, I am going to just be really present in this moment and yes. look around at the birds and the bees <laughs> and trees and whatever, and like whatever's happening in whatever environment that you're hiking in. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's less stimulating and therefore you're more able to remain fully present. Um, and you- sorry, just one other thing yeah. is you can be present, but you don't have to be totally like, you're not thinking about anything else. Like being present doesn't necessarily mean that you're not thinking about something else. Um, but it's like whatever you're doing in that moment, whatever activity is, um, not so stimulating that you're unable to think about what you're, where you're going next in your novel that you're writing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you, you guys can't see me, but I'm doing like a, a little happy dance. If I could, I would just get up and dance. <laughs> You're not room. doing a happy dance. <laughs> I want to jump up and down around this room, but it would <laughs> mess all the audio and everything up. But <laughs> I'm doing one in my head. The thing is, I think that you just hit the nail on the head. It's being present in the moment, being present where you are. Like, yes, you could be thinking of other things, but it's being there where you are rather than having technology. You know, like, Hmm. My my boyfriend and I joke about this sometimes. Like we want to do a video about this where it's like, could you imagine like you have like let's say you have this person sitting in a room and then all of a sudden they have someone come knock on their or tap their shoulder and it's like, Hey, do you want to come over tomorrow? What are your plans tomorrow? And then you have someone ring the doorbell while that person <laughs> is asking you if you want to do plans because they're saying, Oh hey, you've missed a deadline. And then at the same time you have someone same time you have someone knocking on your window saying like aha check out this cool meme that i found and it's just like someone's spraying a picture across your window this and is a great comedy sketch i love it and i also it makes me wonder has someone else done it because if not like that's like i hope well i hope you do it either way I hope <laughs> did like, i just like give a secret like cool thing away to everybody who's listening <laughs> Okay, if you guys hear this and you want to create it, please do. I would love to see it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it just kind of just like that wouldn't happen in the real world, yet we allow our phones and our devices to be constantly interrupting us and poking at us and tapping on our windows and ringing our doorbell. I think I just took us down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is definitely not on our outline, but uh, it's totally okay. I love it anyway. So to kind of bring us back back onto the path, um, (laughs) um, when we were talking about this before, I, sorry, before this recording, um, I realized that when I think about laziness, I'm like, that is such a vague, nonspecific term. and I really see it as an umbrella term for certain behaviors that have any number of like explanations um, and have more very often little or nothing to do with someone's willingness to work or use energy. And they don't pertain, those behaviors don't pertain to that person's like lack of care about making an effort in those contexts either. Um, oh, absolutely. 
And like what I was saying last time when we spoke before too, was that like the, to me, like underneath that umbrella is like depression or, you know, you know, anxiety, how there's fight, flight or freeze. Laziness could be looked at is in the freeze one, the freeze part of anxiety where it's okay. You know what? I physically cannot do anything right now because I'm so stuck or, you know, let's say like executive functions for ADHD. If, if you don't understand your executive function and the role that it plays it could be seen as lazy because you don't know how to activate yourself. You don't know how to organize yourself. You don't know how to, you know, break tasks down into manageable pieces. So we get stuck and that could all be seen as lazy. Right. And that like, maybe you already said this, apologies if so, but like that overwhelm of where do I start? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I'm going to just freeze um, or, or keep doing the thing that sort of, feels quote unquote easiest or like it's almost like this sense of inertia yeah and i think this is a really awesome part to plug this in but next time we are going to be talking about the role of emotion in adhd and as a little part of that we're going to be talking about how to backwards plan Mm, how to figure out where to start exactly yes so Alyssa, i have a question for you all right. I feel <laughs> nervous. Okay, what's the question? <laughs> so what do you think the real purpose of others calling us lazy or even us calling ourselves lazy? Ooh. Um, you know, maybe sometimes people are calling us lazy because they kind of, they're, you know, it's like a form of manipulation. Um, you know, it could be they're trying to get someone to do something and it's like, oh, you're so lazy. You're not going to do it. And then it's kind of like a way to get them to do it where reverse psychology. Yeah. Yeah. But like, especially with people with ADHD, if someone says to me that I'm lazy, I'm just going to be like, well, you know, I can't, I don't think we could swear on here, but you know what? (laughs) I'm not going to, but you can imagine what I would say, but I wouldn't do it because they've just tried to manipulate me to do it. Interesting. Wait, so if they called you lazy, you'd be less likely to do the thing? That they want yes. to do. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't try and prove them wrong. I would just be like, yeah, okay. Screw you. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting as well because um, like that's that's getting the opposite reaction of what you were just saying that you think the per the, their purpose is. Um, so maybe for some people, if someone said, Oh, you're lazy, I know you're not gonna do this thing, they might be like, Oh, uh, I'm gonna now prove that I can do the thing. Whereas someone else might, might think, oh, you already think this thing about me, so whatever, I'm not going to do the thing. Or you're just, like, being negative and manipulative. Um, so, well, that's interesting, Alyssa, that you say that you wouldn't do the thing if someone called you lazy. Um, so what do you think the purpose is of calling ourselves lazy? Before I, before I answer that, it's, this kind of reminded me of learned helplessness. Hmm. You know, like, where... Do you know, you know that term? Yes. Yeah. Um, so like for, for people who have not heard of it, it's basically when, you know, we feel like we've heard so many times that we can't do something. So, and even when we do try, we don't succeed. So then we stop trying because we cannot succeed anyway when so we do try. We think, why bother trying if I can never succeed, right? Exactly. Did that make sense? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of about this, the self-fulfilling prophecy and like narrative around failure that pertains to speaking in absolutes. So always and never. I'm never yeah. going to be able to see. They always do better than me. I'm always like this and never like this, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like I've never been able to do it, so why would I be able to do it now? And mm. we just need to be able to shift that. So, yeah, you've never been able to do it before, but it's because you haven't been doing it the way that suits your brain mm. and what's unique to you and what works for you. If you have always been trying to write with your left hand when you're a righty, well, guess what? It might not work out. But if you grab the pen with your right hand and start writing with your right hand, you might have more success. Sorry, total ADHD moment, but did you know that, uh, I guess, um, kind of towards more, like, maybe before World War II in the U.S., that... Uh, they really, in schools, tried to force kids who were naturally left-handed to write with their right hand. I actually did know that, um, which is just so sad. So sad. Uh, yeah, like, I know that my my stepmother's mother um, had great difficulty writing, and her handwriting was not great um, because she spent her whole life writing with her right hand when she was left-handed. Like, she learned that way in school and then just kept going. and. Probably wow. anyway. Did she ever switch? No. She's, no. No, huh. she never switched. Yeah. Wow. Um, interesting. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what uh, it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, before, yeah. before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I, w- I felt like I was trying to write with my left hand when I should have been writing with my right. Like, when it was best for me to be writing with my right hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I was diagnosed and I started to learn about it, I was like, oh, wait a second. No, I've been trying to do things this way for so long and it doesn't work for me. How can I do it differently? Mm-hmm. I think what's, what's key here is kind of a, a mindset of experimentation. Mm. And Love that. this is also off script. <laughs> Sorry, Alyssa. But no. um, kind of the, the speaking in absolutes, uh mindset is like i i get where that comes from and one way to take the pressure off to figure out okay what does actually work for me is to think okay this is going to be an experiment yeah which means like you know behind the vast majority of successful experiments are many 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 failed experiments um and like any any lab scientist will tell you that so yeah, like what's the hypothesis? Like, like what's your theory? Let's test it out and right. come back, look at it, and see what went wrong, what what worked, and, and what did, yeah, what did we learn about ourselves and our brains from this exercise? Yeah, yeah, and um, I really want to like Sam touched on it for a second before, but I really want to highlight it. Take a look at when you're saying never and always. Because maybe those are clues as to what you could shift. Yeah. I mean, we can change things for ourselves and take that pressure off and change that story that we have about ourselves by shifting that language to something that is less absolutist and less extreme. Yeah. And give yourself a chance. Like if you're saying I can, you know, I always, you know, start a routine and it never works out. 
Did that make sense? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it did. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, it made sense. I think I I even, I think I even had a client say this recently, which was like, why am I always like this? Like, I am so tired of always starting a routine and it never sticking. Yeah. So you've decided Uh, that you are always going to fail at a routine by saying that. And also, it means that we have this very particular idea of what success looks like. And success means that something will work forever. Um, Like, a a successful routine means something we can do for the rest of our lives. And it will have the, you know, we'll keep having the same response to it. It will keep doing the same thing. When in fact, like, a successful routine could work for, like, a month. And then your need shift or your situation shifts. And then your routine can adapt. Right. Yeah. I have a, like a, I, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say concept that I use with my clients where it's okay. We're, we're building you a routine and we're trying to find something that works, but this is not going to be something that you keep forever as part of building the routine and the structure. We are also adapting something into that. That's going to say, Hey, you know, I need to look back at this and see if it's working for me or not, because I am going to need to adapt some things at some point. As our teacher called it, Sam and I had a teacher at Adka, and uh, she would say, resparkalize. We need to resparkalize every so often. So when we take into account that we need to resparkalize, we're actually setting us up, setting ourselves up for success. Yeah, setting the, like, the expectation that that's part of this process. I mean, it just made me think that, you know, when kids are growing up, we don't expect them to have routines that work indefinitely. We expect that as they grow and change and their situations shift and their brains develop and their bodies develop, that their routines will need to like be adapted as well. And somehow we have this idea that when we're adults, that we stop growing and changing, our situations stop shifting um, because we're no longer like under 18. And therefore, like, if we are really successful adults, then we'll just have a routine that never changes, which frankly sounds really boring. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, you said a lot of things in there that, like, just went bloop, bloop for me. Like, you know, like, the, <laughs> the expectation. <laughs> oh, gosh. The expectations piece. And I forgot the other one because I was laughing at myself. But, um, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, what are you expecting of yourself? Is it realistic? That's that's a really big deal. Right, and, like, who do you want to be? Do you want to be somebody who is static in the same place and whose needs and situation never changes? Right, which is so boring. <laughs> right? So boring. So boring. <laughs> um, Right. So I guess going back to like what I wanted to say before, before I got in like ridiculously distracted somehow. (laughs) I love, I love these distractions though. I mean, they're not even really distractions. They add to the conversation. They're just not quite what I, where I expected to go. But, um, so people who have ADHD, like we're often highly creative and innovative. We're big picture, big ideas people. Um, And we need, 
to give ourselves time and space to have this creative process like percolating in the background. Um, and that means like a low pressure and low stimulation environment. Um, and I guess this goes back to like the fear of boredom with unstructured time. Um, and that's gonna look different for everyone, but unstructured time does not necessarily mean does not does often not equate to boring. Like I think that a lot of um, people with ADHD, if you think about like what's the most fun you've had, um, like what are the the really fun times you've had with your friends, um, you didn't necessarily know exactly what you were going to do. Oh, I you love know? that. Yeah. yeah, and like when I think of you know adventure, adventure is a really big word for me and Sam. And when we think, like, when I think of the word adventure, it's exactly that. It's like, I have an idea of where I'm going. I'm not sure where I'm going, but it's going to be so much fun. I'm going to learn a bunch of new things. And I, like, I even just feel so excited just saying this. Like, I want to go on an adventure. You know, it's mm, yeah. so fun. Um, and, and while you were just speaking before, um, if I could share something that, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of my clients and I talk about, it's. Okay, so we want to do that thing that we think is going to be boring, which is one. It's actually a hobby of ours. Like we actually love doing this thing, but to activate and to get into it, we have some decisions to make, and making those decisions are hard. And you know, it's it's like scary is not the word, but it's just like we don't want to put ourselves in that situation. So a solution that we came up with was how can we give ourselves the dopamine that we need so that we could activate. Mm-hmm. So that could be, you know, like eating a piece of chocolate to get that little dopamine. Or maybe it's listening to your favorite podcast or your favorite YouTube or something like that. And that will give you enough dopamine so that you can activate and make the decision and then fall into that hobby and get the dopamine you need from the hobby to keep going. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Um, But I think like that kind of thing comes with understanding your ADHD brain and like if you think okay I'm not activating because I probably have really low dopamine how can I get like a little boost of dopamine that will just give me that like literally that boost to like get over the hump um mm-hmm. yeah and into the thing I like get it get get me engaged in the, into the thing I love doing yeah and that um, like you said that would be impossible if she didn't have an awareness or we didn't have an awareness to, okay, what's really going on for me right now and how can I help myself? And, you know, it's really occurring to me right now that we are way over our time that we wanted (laughs) for the length of this podcast. So is there anything else that we wanted to say? I want to emphasize like how important it is for us and our like ability to be productive and engaged when we want to be to ensure that we have enough time to rest, regenerate, and play because Mm. those are all like needs of ours. And we might think, oh, like that, that sounds boring or like that sounds indulgent, like too indulgent. Um, You know, that's not really a need. That's like a superfluous want, Um, but actually it's a need. And like we said earlier, if we don't recognize that need as valid, um, then 
that need is going to find some other way to be met and it's not going to be within our control and um the secret is not the secret <laughs> maybe it is a secret i don't know um but really a way to get back control over that is to, to recognize the validity of those needs and schedule time to do those things with intention mm -hmm. and while you were talking i lost track of this word but how fun was that word that sam just said surplus superfluous anyways search some surplus blah 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 in your life <laughs> that's a really fun word to say once you can figure out how to say it <laughs> It is. It is a really fun word. Um, okay. Is there anything else you want to add, Melissa? No, no. I think you summarized it really, really well. Um, I think that this was a really fun first episode. And I hope you guys, you know, like, do all the things on the iTunes, Apple store thing. <laughs> uh, I think it's all things ADHD. Yes, yes, all things ADHD on the Apple Store. <laughs> yeah. but I'm not. I'm not even really sure where they're supposed to like, but maybe we can. We'll plug that in. Subscribe to all things ADHD. That's on the word. Apple Podcasts, please. Um, also, please make sure that you tune in next time because we're going to talk about how to figure out where to start on those ginormous, like big projects and goals that you have for yourself, like those things that just seem like far off dreams that you possibly like couldn't possibly actually um reach but you can and we're gonna talk talk to you about exactly how you can do that i'm so into this right now so i'm very very excited to talk about it and share everything that i've been learning me too thanks Alyssa, and thanks everyone else for listening Alrighty, have a great week everyone thanks for joining us for this episode of the all things adhd podcast if you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who you think could benefit. Or you could leave us a review on Apple Podcast or whichever platform you have found us through. Your feedback will help others to find our content. Check out our website at allthingsadhdpodcast.com and use our contact form to get in touch. We deeply value your feedback and we do our best to reply to every message. See you next time for another episode of All Things ADHD. Oh, and if you don't already follow us on Instagram, check us out at allthingsadhd.podcast. See you next time.